Hey, this is Michael with the St. Michael's Echo podcast, and I'm here with Robert Foge. Uh, today we want to talk about the process of entering the church, about the RCIA journey. And Robert uh, recently came into the church at the Easter Vigil, uh, part of a wonderful group that we had here at St. Michael's, and I got to experience firsthand a lot of his journey. So I thought he would be a marvelous example of something of the adventure and the mystery of coming into the Catholic Church. Um, and when I think about Robert, what so much embodies uh, this, this dual sense of, of both mystery and adventure um, in, in coming to a deepening awareness of the faith and then a full-on ascent to the faith, um, is this way in which he was always prepared to uh, take the next step whether he was entirely sure of what that step would entail or not. So I think of, of Robert a little bit um, like uh, Alice in Alice in Wonderland, um, following the rabbit uh, through the portal. And that's what we want to uh, speak to him about today. So I want to start off by asking Robert, um, what led you forward as you're chasing the rabbit, so to speak? What was it um, that first stirred your interest in Catholicism? Uh, hello, every, everyone. Uh, great to be here today. You know, I, I think it stretches pretty far back. I, I mean, uh, I think I was a pretty uh, spiritual boy. Um, and, and in fact, uh, one of the exercises that, that we did um, uh, before First Confession was to write a letter to Jesus. And uh, in that letter, I, I, I described all the sort of opportunities that I, I had in my life to come to the church that somehow I missed. Um, so I, I think I could I could stretch it pretty far back, but um, more immediately, in late 2019, I found myself um, with a little time on my hands and and uh, a real yearning um, to figure out um, you know faith and and what was important to me and uh, and so I started a, a reading project and that's that's how it began. Mm -hmm. Okay, so reading project would be uh, step one, at least as you said, if we're coming closer to your entrance into the church. And I know I met you at our um, Alpha program at St. Michael's, which we envision really as an, an entry door to the church. What was it uh, that, that led you there? Even just, you know, not abstractly speaking, just concrete circumstances where you invited. Um, how'd you make it there? Uh, initially, St. Michael's. Um, I, had, I had been uh, trying out churches, and uh, the search started pretty broad, and then it narrowed to Catholic churches. And uh, I think St. Michael's was the was the only the third or fourth uh, Catholic church I, I went to, and um, I pretty much felt like it was home after uh, my first mass there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And when you so you're trying out Catholic churches, um, obviously uh, knowing you a little bit. Uh, I know that you have a, a thoroughness in, in the sorts of research that you might do. Um, why Catholic churches? Did you did you have a sense of the difference between traditions, like maybe a philosophical or a theological sense, that made you land on on Catholicism? Yeah, in in some ways, I think that's true. That I'm, I'm I research things thoroughly, but but in other things, maybe that's not the way it it worked out, and. Uh, I don't feel like anybody can come to faith by like researching all of the faiths and you know finding out which one is most true. 
um, I think any any faith is a lifetime lifetime's work to get to know it, and uh, um, that's that's not how it worked out for me. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay, so you know, considering this more uh, gradual, uh, more inspired way of yeah uh, of coming to Catholicism, it was a bit more like chasing the rabbit. There you go. Yeah. Well, so you're, you know, beginning to participate. I know you would come to liturgies and obviously more of a, an intellectual type of explanatory methodology with, with the Alpha Course. Um, once you got in, what was it that captivated you and, and kept you here? Um, well, I, I had missed uh, RCIA by a couple of months, so I was initially kind of disappointed um, that, that I couldn't do that right away. Um, but Alpha was... Uh, a similar kind of thing in terms of a, a really great education. And uh, it was so wonderful to be able to meet other people who, who were also exploring their faith and to have deep conversations with them. So um, that was something I really look, looked forward to every week. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, um, you know, it's hard to last too long on this earth without either um, having some ideas about about definitely the beauty of Catholicism, but also certain prejudices, even even as Catholics, or, uh, you know, better put them, prejudices, preconceived notions. Um, did you find that you were grappling with uh, any kind of points of, of resistance when you came into the church? Uh, would you say your vision was, was overall positive? And uh, uh, how would you characterize your, your consciousness about the church, you know, on that first day after after your you know your not so substantial research but uh checking out three or four churches you come in what was your your frame of mind then well um i'm not sure i totally understand the question but I, but i guess in in terms of did i have prejudices about the church did you have more i would say just uh so you know recognizing that that coming through rca is a journey in which certain ideas of yours are likely to be transformed or uh, not even that there's, there's just an imagination that you have for what it will be like. And like any reality, you know, any person that you come to meet, um, there will be uh, surprises in there. So I was just attempting to get a feel for what, you know, obviously you were attracted to the church. So there's enough of a positive vision there. Um, I'm thinking along the lines of two, just the struggles that people have had, of course, with the obvious headlines around the church. Um, so I wanted to, to leave it open as in kind of the frame of mind, the either the points of resistance that you were grappling with or, um, or some of, you know, the more um, uh, positive uh, imagination for, for what the church might contain. Yeah, in terms of, of headlines and, um, you know, maybe historical um, mistakes of the church, uh, I feel like that was; those weren't large considerations. I mean, any any uh, human institution is is flawed. Anything made up of human beings is is, is flawed. So, um, I didn't I didn't see that the Catholic Church was um, was any more or less so than than others, and that uh, vulnerable to that to human failing. But um, I saw a lot of great work that the Church was doing um, and had done. And uh, in terms of um, 
maybe shopping around for churches. Uh, some of the initial churches that I visited had a feeling of um, sort of a ritual that wasn't very alive. Um, you know, what, what Tillich would call conventional faith, just sort of maybe people who were um, going through rituals out of, more out of habit than, than with a sense of meaning. Um, but I felt like St. Michael's was very different. Hmm. So then would you say in, you know, in uh, apprising St. Michael's, was it uh, above and beyond any other feature of it? Would you like, was it the liturgy that, that drew you in? Um, the, I guess you, you pointed to the, just the, the fundamental aliveness of, of the rituals or of the, um, of the community. Um, and I would think too, you know, going back to this earlier question about like points of comparison, because as, as you pointed out, you are in, in a sense shopping around. Um, did you, did you have a, uh, a kind of yearning for a more high liturgical kind of experience? Did you see uh, a certain kind of depth or, or power to that? Or is it more that just being on the ground and experiencing these different churches this one clicked. There's a, a resonance with it. Yeah, I think it's mostly the latter. I mean, I, I didn't have some idea about the type of liturgy that I was expecting because I, I, you know, I just learned the meaning of that word, and and the the mass was was a uh, pretty mysterious to me, you know, in terms of what was actually going on. Um, but it was something about the way. Uh, it, it's really remarkable how different it can be. Um, in, in different churches and, and with different congreg- congregations. Uh, and, and I felt like uh, there was a kind of meaning in, that was present in the liturgy in St. Michael's that was there, was there more so than in other churches I went to. And uh, um, it was there in the music. It was, it was in uh, Father Ignacio's um, celebration of the Eucharist. It was there in uh, people who would wouldn't just kneel but would sort of base themselves on the ground <laughs> they were they were you know so profoundly moved so uh yeah that's what drew me to saint michael's mm-hmm. now yeah I, I would think it would be interesting i mean coming coming into this kind of environment and experiencing it uh just in one big blow so to speak right um uh it can seem the reason why I use the Alice in Wonderland at the beginning is it, is it can seem like uh, a different world from what's out on the street in so many ways, and especially like the developed piety that you're talking about with certain people who are prostrating themselves. And um, do you feel like this? This of of course you mentioned it was a positive spur. Did it help you any in terms of um, faith? Because that's a struggle, as or, or or the reality is you're entering through an RCA journey. No matter how many of these. Um, sort of sources of attraction are present, no matter how much you can objectively look at a community and say there's something here, if not for the fact that you find within yourself the gift of the grace of possessing faith, um, then your involvement can't, can't, be, uh, can't be genuine, can't be authentic. So I see that as, as something that each person you know, kind of goes through. There can be the admiration for the, for the community, um, but you need to find yourself uh, participating within that community. Um, so how does how did that work with with respect to developing faith, finding faith within yourself, 
Um, uh, well, I, I might have come about it a little differently than most people. I mean, I think some people will come to a church to look for faith, but but I feel like I had sort of um, made up my mind, uh, mm. and, and I went to look for other people to uh, celebrate faith with. So um, that was maybe a little different than the way some other people go about it. Uh, and, and, and I found that at St. Michael's, and uh, you know, it's something that I want to explore much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and speaking in particular about the, you know, the concept of faith within the Catholic tradition, I think when I uh, was moved to more deeply uh, enter into my experience of the Catholic faith, the one the one thing that I would say shifted most of all in my concept is I would say I started to have a little bit of a less existential. Um, understanding of, of what faith means, not to say that the existential component was erased, but um, I saw another dimension open up, which is the fact that faith um, is only faith in its fullness if it is configured to uh, a community, that, that, that faith resides in the individual heart of the believer. You, uh, uh, at the end of the day, you know, are, are faced with, with God or are given that gift directly, as I mentioned, um, but nevertheless, its mode of, of expression and its mode of deepening is uh, a, a common sort of experience, um, an experience of the liturgy and coming into community and sharing witness even. Uh, I found that there was so much growth for me in that. So being a, a thinker, that's kind of a question I would have for you as you're entering community and being pressed more to maybe explain yourself or give, uh, give testimony um, to to how Jesus Christ has, has worked within you, did you find that that uh, developed you in any uh, any certain kind of way, challenged you, uh, took you out of yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> I like um, I like a, a nautical metaphors for this, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm a big Moby Dick fan, so I, I, I think of it in terms of um, almost like I've I've uh, you know shipped on a on a ship on a long journey with a bunch of people and. Um, in Moby Dick, you know, there's this sort of initial period where they're just beginning their journey when, you know, Captain Ahab doesn't even come out. And then, you know, little by little, people get to know each other and the characters develop. And then, you know, uh, the, the, the drama of the story un- unfolds. And I feel like I'm kind of still at that beginning stage when I'm just like getting to know people. And uh, um, I guess maybe Father Ignacio would be Captain Ahab in this. <laughs> He's a better person. But uh that, that's there, there's a real sense of, of uh, expectation and, and adventure there, uh, you know. As as I get to know people, and uh, you know, I, I expect that the, I'm going to be challenged in ways that are probably pretty uncomfortable, including uh, right now. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that's what I expect. Okay, so speaking to that point of um, uh, and that's that's you know, in hearing your response and reflecting upon you know, my own experience in Catholicism, I think it's, it's pretty true that nowhere have I been more, uh, like not just deeply challenged, but challenged at the deepest point of myself than within a faith community, because you recognize there's no space, um, (laughs) really to, to borrow a word from Tillich who we're talking about to hide from the ultimate nature of your concern vis-a-vis that community you know, insofar as you're entering into a church life and giving your uh, assent, 
you are, are bringing all of yourself to the table. I can think of so many different environments that I've been in where I'm like, okay, I'm doing, I'm participating in this um, particular community or this context for a purpose that ends right when I walk out the door. Um, whereas here, it, it follows you in a good way, in, in, in a nurturing way, um, but also in a challenging way. Um, so I'd want to draw that out, the, the significance of the fact that our, the challenge of our faith life, whether it be interpersonal um, or uh, in prayer or whatever it may be, um, has a kind of depth dimension uh, that is of a different order. And so there's a way in which, as a serious person, <laughs> already maybe inclined to take things seriously, um, you're, you're even further pushed to give of yourself in these kinds of communities because you recognize um, that there's, there's, there's no limit to your, um, to your gift. Your gift to your community is, is a form of a gift to God and, and so on. So um, how would you say you've uh, kind of worked within that place of, of musing over the kinds of commitments that you might have here, um, musing of your responsibility uh, towards other people in this community. Do you think you look at the community that you're in now differently from from other communities you belong to? Um, and again, that question of how has it how has that in particular challenged you? That's a great question. Um, makes me think of uh, you know I'm in a reading group um, and and one of the members is a is a preacher, uh, Protestant, and he describes uh, coming to faith and how how the first year. Uh, his his struggle with sin was especially hard, and I feel like there's there's almost a, there's like a um, there's a there's a back and forth and forthness about it in terms of uh, coming to the church, but also feeling really threatened by it, and and, and I have to uh, I just have to acknowledge that um, there's almost like a kind of you know like I set I set goals and then there's like a demonic force that is subverting <laughs> me from reaching those goals so so there's um there's some struggle happening with me in that in that regard in terms of deepening um my faith and doing the things that I know that faith uh, requires mm -hmm. um and I guess I just kind of look at it as a process uh it took me a long time to get here and and uh you know it's it, it's Maybe I'm not having a born again experience. Maybe it's more of a gradual um, conversion for me. Um, but as I figure, as long as I'm headed in the right direction, then then that's uh, the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So bearing that gradual conversion in mind, you know, um, talking about because really your mm, first acquaintance with the community at St. Michael's was how long ago? Uh, I think I first came here years late, ago. late 2019. Late 2019, as you mentioned. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, so it, it's been a while even before you joined RCA. Of course, there are some people who might um, come into the church and come into RCA simultaneously. Um, you had kind of a good long run up there. So what have been, um, you know, if, if you want to focus in particular on like points of Catholic doctrine that you were exposed to or what we've been talking about now more almost personal challenges to give of yourself, what have you experienced as, as uh, moments of, of tension or um, perhaps overcoming that tension, sticking with that tension, finding it lingering longer than you would like, or that tension converting into progress, uh, maybe a, a breakthrough or two? How has, how has that all worked out for you? Yeah, the, 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 
the Catholic Church has a very uh, high moral standard, and, and uh, coming at it from a more secular viewpoint, it's it's sort of almost impossibly high. And I, I remember um, feeling that way um, during RCIA and learning some of the ch- church teachings. Um, I, I guess the way I would characterize the difference between the way I was before accepting faith and and, and the way I am after is uh, before I would read something in the catechism that seemed impossible or I would learn about some, some principle of Catholicism that seemed impossible and I would think, that's crazy. I can never believe that. Uh, and that would be the end of it. But <laughs> now, now when I um, read something or learn some about some principle of faith that seems impossible, um, I think, that's crazy. There must be something wrong with me. Or maybe there's something that I don't understand, or maybe I haven't, you know, been raised with the right morals. Um, so, so I'm looking at it from a different point of view. Um, and you're you're beginning to get to something that is uh, also a factor for anyone who's who's coming into a deeper relationship with the church which is the reevaluation of your past <laughs> there's a ton of that <laughs> that necessarily happens and really a sense uh frankly of that i was um i, I want to try to put it gently and charitably and i'm having trouble finding <laughs> a, a word for it but a feeling that i i had absorbed a lot of um untruths a lot of lies and a lot of ways of being that that are not good ways of being in from society and from my family and and uh, you know not maliciously, um, but but that's what happened and uh, so looking back at it now um, with different eyes, mm-hmm. yeah, be not uh, conformed to the pattern of this world. So speaking to that, and I know it can be that that in its in its own respect is something like the the factor of of memory of. Uh, looking back upon people who have maybe pulled you away from faith at a certain point. I know I can look at, at my life and see all these junctures where it's like, if I wouldn't have had a relationship with that person, um, you know, embrace their philosophy of uh, hedonism or uh, biological determinism or whatever it might be, um, then I would have opened myself to to Christianity, to Catholicism, to Jesus at, at an earlier stage and and would if, if my life would have turned out a little bit differently. I think it, it's it's not worthwhile, certainly, to uh, harp on these kinds of, you know, relationships because uh, the grace of, of having entered is so great that, you know, any of the mistakes that we've made along the way would, would pale in, in comparison. But um, do you think there's something there to, to kind of making peace, you could say, with... Um, with your past, with, with relationships and, and influences uh, who have sidetracked you or run you into the weeds or whatever it might be? I think really the, the best response is, is to pray for those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's um, the most important work for me now is, is to learn how to pray and to integrate it more into my life and to, um, to have that be my response to you know, perceived injury or uh, evil on the part of others um, is to pray for them. That's how I'm trying to learn how to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so now looking more, um, we spoke a little bit, and this is something that I wanted to get to, and, and like I said, it's it's one of the reasons why I think um, you're ideal for, the, for this podcast, because there's, in coming into relationship with the way that you have 
uh, related to Catholicism. I know talking to you about uh, not so long before uh, the Easter Vigil about how you were feeling, and uh, you sent me a video of, of a high dive <laughs> and all the people who sort of wander out to the edge of the high dive, and you can see them um, just petrified. <laughs> you know, it didn't it didn't look so high when I when I was climbing these stairs and and um, you know sort of pacing back and forth beside before they decide to make the jump. Um, I know you experienced something of that of that kind of anxiety, but like I said at the beginning, I really think it is true that like each sort of um, whether it was an obstacle or maybe just an inv- invitation to enter more deeply, just to be consistent and coming to RCA as simple as that. You were always always there. Um, and uh, it's something of a principle of like spiritual physics that the more you hold yourself in reserve, <laughs> the less willing you are to accept these invitations, and the less you'll receive. And um, you know, conversely, the more that that you open yourself, uh, the more that you respond courageously to these these kinds of invitations, the uh, the more that that you get in return, um, even unto thirty, sixty, or one hundredfold, as as the gospel teaches. So. Uh, what if, if you were to distill it? I know it's a hard question. What what do you think you you have received in in accepting those those kinds of invitations? What would you uh, what comparison would you make to Robert in 2019 um, to uh, yourself today? I think I'm um, I'm a happier person and uh, less anxious and more charitable. Um, and I think it's it has effects on on the people around me, uh, just in terms of feeling closer to my family and um, sort of things going unexpectedly well at work. Um, and these aren't things that you look for. I mean, you don't you don't come to faith expecting you know I'm going to do this because good things are going to happen to me. But but I think that's just sort of a side effect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fruit of the Holy Spirit being joy. The in, the interesting thing about um, there's sort of a way in which if 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 your faith is deep enough, you don't really have anything to fear except sin, you know. And, and uh, I didn't really realize how much fear is, was a part of my life. And I, I don't think of myself as a fearful or, or anxious person. I mean, I know lots of people who are who who have, you know, like I I almost never can't fall asleep. I just, you know, I, I I'm I'm just not a very anxious person. But still, just by virtue of being human beings. We live with a, you know, the sort of Damocles over over our heads. I mean, we could die tomorrow. You know, that's that's very possible. Um, or we could die twenty or forty years from now, and it's just sort of this this sense of just fragility in life and our vulnerability um, that I think affects us all with a kind of anxiety. But in the life of faith, um, we don't need to have that fear, and. Um, I kind of glimpse it every so often, what it feels like to live like that. And it's kind of amazing, an amazing feeling. And, you know, I can't hold it for very long, but I see it as, as a possibility, as a possible way of being in faith. And, uh, and the funny thing about it, though, is it, 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 it doesn't feel very comfortable. Like, <laughs> like I think a, a fearless state isn't necessarily a comfortable one, because if if you're if you're courageous, then you will do things that will expose you to discomfort. Uh, so so it's like a it, it feels like a, a very um, kind of strenuous and, and exciting and 
and potentially heroic life that that's that's available um, to if if I were able to deepen my faith that much. And I, I sort of just only glimpse it at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're talking a little bit about that like dichotomy between um, uh, preoccupation with death <laughs> and the anxiety that leads unto that. Um, and uh, a, a deeper concern for for sin. I've heard it remarked before that when uh, people cease to be averse to sin or concern themselves with sin, then death will absolutely dominate uh, the 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 you know the public consciousness and also the the private consciousness of of individuals who subscribe to that different view of reality. But as I hear you talking about these things, you know, a, a movement into into fearlessness and exposing yourself to discomfort. Of course, throughout the whole of um, you know the Catholic tradition, that witness at the end of the line, discomfort yields to um, exposing yourself to danger and danger to potential death. So you can see the, the kind of full circle nature of that. When that when you when you cease to be afraid of death in that ultimate way, I mean, I, I think that's where if we're looking at the root of the soul there. That kind of existential principle, the fearlessness is 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 the no longer fearing death in the same way that it had a, a grip on you before. And it's the emergence of, of hope, which is a hope ultimately must be in eternal life. So uh, interesting to hear you say that in glimpses and fits and starts, that's emerging for you. Uh, one, one final question I would want to ask, just um, as I mentioned at the outset, we want this this particular podcast to be available not just to the community, hopefully it can strengthen us here, but also to people who are considering RCA. So what advice would you give uh, to someone who is beginning RCA or considering it? Um, what advice would you give having jumped off the high dive? Yeah, I, I'd probably say if, if you're considering it, just do it. Um, because if nothing else, you're going to have conversations with people on a, on a much deeper level than you're going to have anywhere else. And it, there's something <clears throat> there's something really thrilling about um sort of realizing that other people have, you know, the same spiritual concerns that you've had that maybe you've never had the occasion to talk about before. And, uh, so, so, you know, I, I say just do it and, and, uh, maybe, you know, maybe Catholicism isn't the right way for you, but you know, you're not going to regret, I think, uh, uh, attending RCIA. Okay. Thank you. So we'll leave everyone with that exhortation and thank you, Robert, for your time. Thanks. Thanks.